Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Radio you can touch. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. ready. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Let me just turn around here. The Willard Garvey Crime Prevention Citizen Activist Award. I like, I like. Jeff Lutz. What crime are you preventing? Are you out there well, nabbing bank robbers? In real life, such ridiculous nonsense. 97.5 in 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a Tuesday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Bob Lutz, Jeff Lutz back. We had a new co-host yesterday, the big fella, Anthony. Uh, thought a little bit about offering him a contract, but... Uh, <laughs> is that what we do? We sign contracts? Him. Well, sure. Okay, good. Sure, that's what but, we do. But you said you decided against it. He wasn't that good. Is that what you're well, saying? Well, I'm going to think about it another day or two. All right. Well, I didn't know you had the uh, authority to well, Tony Ducey's given me an uh, incredible amount of, of authority. That's amazing. On this show. Uh, well, it's happened. And yet you can't shake me. Well, listen, you, I brought you into the world. I worry about you. You know, you know I want to make sure you're... No need to worry. You're, you're, well, right now we got worried. You, your pipes are frozen. Uh, it's always something. So I got to make sure that... Uh, pipes are frozen. How'd that happen? Did uh, you not unhook your hose? Well, we had the faucet running because... Didn't ask, answer my question. I don't know what that even means. Well, you take your hose off. I don't have a hose. Out. Every winter, make sure that the uh, water. I don't have a. I don't think I have a hose. Freeze up in the pipes. Well, we turned the water on in the house, and it was inadvertently turned off by, by the cat again. No, by uh, someone I shall not name. Your wife. Yeah, she did it. Wait a minute. Why are you uh, throwing her under the bus? <laughs> you said it. I was just guessing. Yeah. So she, what uh, happened? What's the What's the fallout of that? We don't have water. And they're coming out when? They're not coming out, but uh, we just got to wait for it to thaw, which uh, hopefully when it gets above freezing tomorrow will happen. But we've got the faucet on, so when it starts, it'll come, you know. So if it comes on while I'm not there, then there's water running all day. So you've got to stay home all day tomorrow to wait for the water. Yeah, that's right. That seems like a... And I, and I want a day off, to do and things. I haven't had a day off in a long, like a full day off from. You've had so many days off. From when? I, you know what? I never had a day off. 
I well, can't even relate problem. to what a day off feels like. Well, that's your problem. You left and, a lot of money on the table. And every couple weeks for you, it's, uh, give me, I need a day off. I haven't had a day off in a long You're time. You were off here yesterday. I'm talking about a day off. You know the last day off I had? Uh-uh. A long time well, ago. Well, I get paid time off, and I'm going to take advantage of it, as I think every, everyone should. For you working people out there who don't quite believe in that. Really? Who wouldn't believe in that? I don't know. A lot of whining about days off. I, not whining. I'm just taking one. I, I don't know. I don't like it. You don't have to like it, but you better learn to love it. So you're going to be taking a lot of days off. <laughs> no. How many days off do you get? Uh, close to like twenty. Twenty? No, it's yeah, I think so. Really? You've been there three years and you get four weeks of vacation. Yeah, it go it goes up fast. Like the first years isn't as much, but at at one year it goes up a lot, and then it doesn't go up until like year five or ten after that. I the most I ever had after twenty years was five weeks. Um. I don't know. Not happy with it. It might be 120 hours, but it's it's quite a few. Well, 120 hours, three weeks. That's four, yeah, three weeks. Whatever. Who cares? It's a lot, and I have a lot. Is it hard to have a father who's obviously smarter than you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd have wa- to ask somebody to ask that where that was the for case. a while, but. That math was so easy, 120 hours, 40 hours a week, three weeks. I, I just did that so quickly. Great. And, well, for, for, what, what, 160, what, what, what? I mean, it was awful, your response. Anyway, I get uh, paid time off, and I uh, use it occasionally. 869-1240, the hotline on which you can call us, but not in our first segment. We like to banter and argue and, you know, Do this, whatever this is. Well, it's fun. It's, it's wonderful. I always have fun with it. You didn't insult Anthony yesterday in segment one. No, I'm not going to insult Anthony. He's new to the show. He did fine. He's a good guy. And he'll be on more. Were you at the studio yesterday? No, we did it right here. Okay. Uh, we were happy to have Anthony. My wife uh, catered to him, brought him two bottles of water. Wow. Yeah. Just, That's uh, never happened for me. Well, she's not here very often when you're here. Uh, and she's the most catering person ever. So She does love to cater. So please uh, don't insult my wife. <laughs> or we'll have big issues. Uh, those glasses, man. It's hard to, hard to continue What's looking at. What's wrong with the glasses? Did you say they were women's glasses? No, they're not women's glasses. You said they might be. They're guys' glasses. Okay. They're just kind of rounded. Strange. Kind of a round Strange. lens. Strange look. I like it. Uh, picks, you're curious. I won. Five and four for the week. The only one over 500. The only one who had a good week, really. Now, which five did you get? Let's hear that. I got KU, Memphis, Kansas City, Houston, and the Rams. Uh, you were three and six for 18 points. I had 25 points. Duda was only three and six, but he hit the big ones. So he had 21 points. Max, hmm. Fortunately, Max got a couple of big ones, Detroit and Memphis. Uh, but those were the only two he got for 12 points. Well, Detroit didn't cover. Well, that's right. He only got one right. No, he got Buffalo. So he was 2-7 and seven for 12 points. Uh, 
So not a great week. Uh, even the winner was only five and four. I only got Memphis, uh, Kansas City. You got City the Rams, Kansas City, and Memphis. That's it? That's it. It's embarrassing. Uh, Pittsburgh really let us down. Weren't competitive. Philadelphia. What a what an absolute unmitigated disaster. How does that, that happen? Season became crazy. I was just on a phone call before we started the show, and somebody mentioned, "Is that the biggest collapse?" Which is the bigger collapse? I think is the way he phrased it. The Eagles or the two thousand seven? I'm sorry, two thousand. Which year was it? Two thousand six, seven. Wichita State basketball team. It's a great question. Oh, that's the I'd Eagles. I'd have trouble picking between the two. The Shockers didn't last that long. They got up to number eight in the country pretty early in the season and then really fell off from well, they there. they got to 9-0. That's not bad. Yeah. They got to 9-0. and Some Those wins included a win over uh, LSU, Syracuse, which was LSU was number six in the country at the time. 15th-ranked Syracuse. They beat George Mason of Wyoming. They beat Wyoming. Uh, George Mason, they won on the road. Uh, so there were some nice wins in that in that start. Then they lost to New Mexico uh, in a tournament out in Las Vegas. They lost to USC, and the ship that had been sailing came back to dock. They finished 17-14. and 14. After that nine and zero start, so eight and fourteen, not good. The rest of the way, similar. It was a good question. Made me uh, re- yeah, but the Eagles were coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Shockers were coming off a Sweet Sixteen. Were they? Um, yeah. All right. Well, whatever. The, again, it's different than being in the Super Bowl. I go back, Max. You got to be on top Winthrop of this. in Tennessee is different. Food alert. Is different than going to the Super Bowl, in my Max opinion. Max is just too nice. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Max is too nice. Uh, What's fool alert about that? Oh, just mixing your mixing things up. You were mixed up. You oh, really mixed weren't up. they? Uh, they were like a seven seed the previous year when they got to the Sweet Sixteen. They went to the Sweet Sixteen. I don't care what seed they were. I'm just trying to remember. They beat Winthrop and then Tennessee. Tennessee, I believe, was the two, uh, and Winthrop was a 10. I believe that's correct. And, yes, they did go to a Sweet Sixteen, and they did have some pieces of that team coming back. They they had a lot of pieces of that team coming back. And they did start uh, 9-0, as you mentioned. They Um, had a lot of pieces of that team coming back. Um, That was... That was a very, very disappointing t- uh, season. That team included the likes of Kyle Wilson, P.J. Kuznard, Sean O'Gary, uh, Matt Breyer, uh, Karen Bradley. Uh, listen, that's a pretty solid team. They had Philip Thomason yes. coming off the bench. Do you remember him? Yeah, transfer out of Colorado State. They had Ryan Martin. Youngster, only uh, uh, Gal McKell was on that team. Yeah, he was uh, much hyped. He ballyhooed prospect and ended up making it to the NBA, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't totally off base. The most obscure player off that team, two of them. Freshman, Chris Brown. Arbery Butler. And David King. 
David King was like a walk-on, though, right? I don't know. Out of Mays High School. Yeah, they were, they, they were obscure. That's all. That's my only point. Chris Brown, don't remember. Was James Anacreon on that team, no, or was he later? No, he was not. Uh, their leading scorer that year was Kyle Wilson, 13.7 points per game. They had lost uh, Sh- uh, Paul Miller from the previous yeah, season. Yeah, uh, conference player of the year. That that uh, That'll hurt. That'll sting. But you had O'Gary, Kuznard, and Wilson. That's a pretty solid foundation. It wasn't, uh, yeah. I think it was Sean O'Geary that is blamed a lot for the downfall of that team. Some off-the-court situation. I don't know what, I don't know if I'm going to blame anybody. I just think that's kind of the word out there. I'm not saying I'm putting blame on him. But uh, obviously something occurred for that team to uh, sink as quickly as it did. After such a great start, went into the Carrier Dome and won. Uh, just uh, you know, and Mark Turgeon left after that season to go to Texas A&M. Uh, that first roster under I'll, I'll give you. Here we go. We'll play this game. You get to name players until you miss. Let's see how the many you can. First roster. The first roster under Greg Marshall in two thousand seven eight. I believe PJ was still on that. PJ Kuznard is correct. Matt Breyer was still correct. on that team. I believe Ramon Clemente was on that That's team. That's three. Let's see if you can get to seven. I don't think I can get to seven. Can you get to four? Uh, I believe Philip Thomason was on that That's team. That's four. You got three more. I believe Gal McKell was on that team. That's five. Can you get two more? Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe Wendell Predom was on that team. Wendell Predom is not correct. Uh, uh, you missed J.T. Durley, yeah. freshman. Uh, on that team, uh, Montes Griskinas. Montes Griskinas was on that team. Was Aaron another? Ellis, a freshman, on that team, as was Graham Hatch, mm. and that's where Aubrey Butler first appeared. Yeah. Wendell Freedom was on that team. Ah, I could have kept going. Yeah, but you would have missed the next one. I would have figured something out. You would have missed the next. I got one. six for six. I did not miss. You didn't get to seven. That's the uh, well, you stopped me. That's not fair. Uh, the, the rules uh, rules say that if I make a mistake, it uh, doesn't affect the game. The official ruling stands. Here's what we have for you on the show today at 2:25. Dennis Dodd, college baseball journalist, college football journalist for CBSSports.com, uh, will join us to talk about all the goings and comings in college football. I look forward to that conversation at 2.45, Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul, his uh, monthly appearance on the show, and then a game coming up later at 3.25. Tomorrow on the show, Addie Brown from Iowa State, formerly a standout All-State player at Derby, and as a true freshman, killing it. One of the best players in the Big 12. She's been fantastic. How about that? Good get. I'm not sure I would have projected this for her this quickly. I don't know that I would have either, but I can't say I – I mean, obviously, you couldn't miss her high school career. But I'm not – I can't say that I was in the weeds with uh, what she did at Derby. I know she was great. I know her sister before her was great and has ended up at Duke maybe. Um, but, yeah, she's she's been fantastic at Iowa State so far. A uh, big one tonight in the City League. Big as it gets. Capon visiting Heights. Uh, both undefeated, both coached by legends, both with standout players. Uh, 
great heritage in both programs. Who wins? I'm surprised you didn't get Steve Eck on the show today. I love Steve Eck, but I've had him on shows for 25 years. Yeah, but he's he's a personality. All right, I'll get him. Um, I think Heights wins. I think Heights might win relatively comfortably. In you, the, you say that all the time. In the 8 to 12 point range. Is that crazy? Yeah, you haven't seen either team. Well, I follow the scores, and I, I do my best to project based on what I hear, what I almost sort of see, the scores that uh, come through, and that's what I'm saying. I think Heights might be untouchable in the City League this year. We're going to determine both of these team seasons by how they do in March. Capen has a an older roster. Uh, they have Steve Eck, not to say he's – Listen, they're both fantastic coaches, uh, Joe Auer, Steve Eck. Uh, but Steve Eck, I'd have to go back and see what he's done at Capon since he got there. Quickly work that up for when, me. When do you th- work that up for me? I don't know. I don't have what he Go ahead. Give, give me those records his first three years at Capon. This is his fourth, correct? Or is this his third? I don't know. Well, it's the same as Weston, right? Then it'd be his third. So we'll, Probably his third year. We'll work up these numbers. Hopefully you'll get them quickly. Well, I'm going to do my absolute best. I need a. I need AI. I need art because you certainly don't have the real intelligence. I need the artificial. Last year they were 23 and two. 23 and two last year. What about the year before? The year before they were 21 and two. 21 and two, and they're eight no this year. Uh, my math. That my math tells me that Steve Eck, let me make sure here, uh, in his years of coaching in the City League, first at South. Now, I want you to get ready for this number or these numbers. I, I remember the I, numbers. I just want you to get ready. Single digit. Steady yourself. All right. Okay? Because it's, it's well, almost. Let's start with Jardine. It's almost. No, I'm not doing that. This is as a City League basketball coach. I got you. In his now 13 years coaching as a head coach in the City League. Sit down, everybody, or stand up, whatever you need to do, because this is really amazing. He has won 279 basketball games in those 13 years. He has lost, where am I going with this, nine 279 no. wins. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't he have th- didn't he have 9 or 11 losses? Let me losses? think about this for a second. Uh he was 200 What was he at South? <laughs> I had this a minute ago. You He was oh, I'm sorry. He 19. He has 279 wins, 19 losses. In his 10 years at South, he was 227 and 15. Uh, at Capon, in three years, he's 52 and 4. That adds up to 279 and 19. He was 227 and 15. So, yeah. That's what I just told you. I'm just making sure. Uh, he was 518 and 94 in junior college. And at Hutch, he was. I don't care about all that. 196 and 44. All, that's all great. I'm just giving you what he's done in in what in my opinion 
especially in the 10 years at South, was the best high school basketball league in the, in the state of Kansas. 279 and 19. That's incredible. It's ridiculous. It will never be duplicated. Uh, Steve Eck will join us at 340. Dennis Dodd had to drop out. Is there any history of City League coaches? When do you think their first meeting was, Hour and Eck? 95, 94, 96, somewhere around there? Well, Hour was on Goose Dowdy's staff. But I'm talking about his head coaches. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Do you think there's any history, uh, even if one had left for a while, of two City League coaches spanning 30 years and coaching against each other? No, this is probably, you know, I'd, ha- I'd have to think about that. And I, nobody's oh, coaching this league as long as Joe Hour. Uh, the I, longest I can, tenured. That I can think of. Uh, so I'd have to give that a good deal of thought. These are, if you're listing the all-time coaches in the City League, these are one-two. No argument. I'm going Act 1 and Hour 2. Uh, but it's close. And I know you probably would uh, differentiate from me, but 3-4... Alan Taylor, and that's, I don't even think that's, I get Goose Dowdy would be on. It's tough. Lafayette Norwood would be in the discussion. Yeah. Certainly Cy Sickles. You love Cy Sickles. Ralph Miller. Uh, Cy Sickles, man, let me explain something to you. East High in the 60s was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I get it. How many high schools were there at that time? Well, there was east, south, north, west. There, were, you know, it was a city league. I understand. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. And and you know who who was at the height of their uh, run at that time? Kansas City Wyandotte. And for those of you who don't know, Wyandotte was, if not the best high school basketball program in the country, certainly in the discussion. So East went toe to toe with Wyandotte. I remember. Uh, I'll go back into my old what man. What led to the downfall of Kansas City Wyandotte? The same thing that's led to the downfall of urban high schools all over the country. But th- theirs has been longer. It's lasted longer, it seems like. All right, we will take a break. We do not have Dennis Dodd. He will uh, hopefully join the show on Thursday. Uh, so we'll reschedule Dennis. We'll be back to talk more, get into the NFL playoffs after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. 869-1240 is our hotline number. Uh, we've got NFL to talk about. Two games yesterday, neither of which were competitive. You wonder how well, the state of Pennsylvania really let their, uh, let their fans down. The Took Steelers, it on the chin yesterday. Steelers weren't good, and the Eagles were worse. Uh, so we are set now for the divisional round in the uh, National Football League coming up this weekend. And uh, which game, which of these four games, I'll give it one to ten. Saturday we got uh, Houston at Baltimore. That's a ten. I can't wait to see that game. I, I just cannot wait for it's that a, game. It's an eight for me, probably an eight and a half, nine. It's not a, quite a ten because I think Baltimore. What's it missing? I think Baltimore will win – I don't know if I, – I don't know. I don't think – What is I, it possibly missing? It's not missing anything. I just don't know if it will be as close as you want it to be. The Texans are real. I'm not saying they're not. I know Baltimore's good. I get it. They are very good. They're my pick to go to the Super Bowl. But don't discount the Texans. I like the Texans. They you think I don't love Nico? Game. They could win this game. That's why it's a 10 for me. I wouldn't have said that a couple weeks ago. I thought Baltimore was uh, was going to skate into the oh, Super we'll see. Bowl. I don't think that. I think they got their hands full. The uh, nightcap on Saturday is Green Bay at San Francisco. That's a strong seven for me. I want to see if Jordan Love can take his game on the road. Uh oh. And win uh, win in a hostile environment. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know if he's ready to do that yet. Well, I'm sticking with my theme. Why would I back off of that, even though he went to Dallas and won? Made you look absolutely foolish. Did I admit it? Mm, on, on Twitter, Twitter did you I did. admit it? Let's I'm admit admitting it. it right here. Let's admit it here. Well, I made it just now. I just made a joke about myself. Okay, well, now I hope you've learned your lesson. You know, at this age, you don't have anything to stand up. Pride is a five-letter word. No, That's, no, it nothing is. Nothing to it. You don't worry about it? No, nah, you can make mistakes. Then why not? This, yeah, this audience is going to forgive me for mistakes that I make. If you're going to. Mistakes in judgment. If you're going to put yourself out there, you might as well be crazy instead of just, ah, oh, well, I don't know if he's ready. Have a hot take. Do something. I don't like hot takes. Do take. something interesting. I, I'm always interesting. Uh, that was an, in, an interesting take last week. Sunday. The opener is Tampa, Tampa Bay on the road to play Detroit. We all love the Lions. I think they get this one, too, being home in that environment at Ford Field. I don't think Tampa Bay can handle that as good as Baker Mayfield played last night. And as I give them a lot of kudos, nobody thought Tampa Bay was going to be in this position, one of the final eight teams in the NFL playoffs. Nobody. No, you, uh, but you win a bad division. You get a home game against a team that's sinking and possibly. Yeah, they took advantage of it, but nobody, you know, I mean, this is uh, good for them. For sure. And then the uh, final game of the weekend, Sunday night, 
This one on CBS with Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Ugh. The Bills and the Chiefs. What's wrong with Tony Romo? See, you knew that my ugh was Tony well, Romo. Not Jim Nance. Not Jim, I mean, Nance. Jim Nance is one of the uh, all-time greats. So it has to be a, he's a just, problem with Tony Romo. He's, just, mm. he's fun to listen to. Listen, he gets excited. He gets a little homerish with Josh Allen. Chiefs fans are probably ready to pounce on him because it's obvious he really likes Josh Allen. Well, he should really, really you, like Patrick Mahomes. But did you see the run that Josh Allen had for no, a No, but I, I was in no, the – Why do I even ask? I was at work. You were, no, you were at work or fixing it was on in the new, It was on in the newsroom. You like that one? No, I don't like – that's a – I heard that for 14 years. But it years. was on in the newsroom. I heard that for 14 years. <laughs> I'm not going to – I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I tried to look up and watch I, as much. I'm as not going to listen to somebody who tells me, "Yeah, I watched that. I watched that game, and then the, yeah, that that poker tournament was on." Uh, well, was, there's a TV that sits to nah, my. No, I don't. I, hold on. Let me tell you what it. What there's a TV that sits to my immediate right on the desk that is to my immediate right, but it wasn't on our station. It wasn't on CBS. It was on the CW. Because that's where our news broadcasts were last night. Well, ask him to turn it. Yeah, there's no ask him. I could have done it myself, but uh, just didn't. Well, you'd think it was on every other on. TV, but they anyway, were. Anyway, Josh Allen had an me. incredible run for a touchdown. And this Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes thing is fun. Patrick Mahomes has his number. No question about well, it. We'll see if he has this his number. The first time Patrick Mahomes has gone on the road. Right. To play a playoff game. This is a different animal going to Buffalo. Absolutely, and I I can't wait. That's a ten. Uh, that's a ten. What's what is it for that's you? Ten. That's the ten game. But What's you can't Tampa have Bay Detroit. Eh, about a six. Six. I don't know if I'll even watch that game. Well, of course you won't. I can't just sit and watch four football games. I, I mean, can. I got I got stuff. You to know do. what? I can. Okay. I've told you all along that the playoffs are the best part of sports. Uh, and in almost any sport, I'll watch playoffs. Well, the big three, football, basketball, baseball. I'm, I'm, completely, I'm completely into it. So Saturday, we'll try to entice some people to come over, watch uh, some football. And then Sunday, like maybe the same. I probably won't be Sunday. I might Saturday. I said we'll entice some people to come over. Yeah. Well, there's no in, there's no invitation uh that you can possibly see in that statement. Then why was I here last weekend? Because you were invited. I'm not invited this weekend. Let me think about it. All right. Well, I probably won't show up for the Chiefs. You know why not? Cuz it's Sunday night, I'd rather just be home. Well, I, I listen, you you assured us and not that you're not you know, not that you're you're not welcome anytime, but you assured us that our granddaughter was going to be here, and I thought at the time I didn't assure you. I said I will hopefully really want to come hang out with, even though I'm hugely fun and entertaining, I'm still 68 years old. I said I'll try to bring Aaron. I'll, I'll hopefully bring Aaron. Well, what 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 happened? I don't know. She did some stuff with her friend. What's she's 17? That's going to happen and. You know, maybe later on she'll look back and say, man, I missed an opportunity. How many there. more opportunities does she have to be in my presence and certainly Debbie's presence? Well, she's going to K-State in six months or so. 
seven, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, who knows? She'll be back. Well, there could be a day when she comes back, and I don't know she's back. Even though she's standing right there, You need if you're getting my drift. I don't. She'll look the same. Well, no, if you're getting my drift. I'm not. You know, my age. Oh, okay. Try to keep up. You're old. <laughs> that didn't make any sense, though. That was a not... No, I said if she, I may not know who she... I don't know how I could have been any more clear. It was a bad... Bad uh, effort, bad try. Cleveland, your your Browns. My Browns. Well, I thought you liked the Browns. I I, I kind of liked them, uh, but Houston torched them, and uh, was impressive in doing so. So you've got the one seeds now, uh, the Baltimore and San Francisco. Uh, they they get home games for as long as they win. They certainly have the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Give me the odds of a Baltimore-San Francisco Super Bowl. Forty percent. Forty. That's it. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of other teams. I mean, anybody could make, could uh, uh, infringe upon that Super Bowl matchup. San Francisco's got Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Detroit. Uh, last year, you would have laughed at that. That would have. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty. I'm not, I'm taking nothing away. At home, yeah, they'll go to the I'm Super not, I'm Bowl. I'm taking nothing away from those teams. But the NFC, as we've said all year, was a disaster. And they'll handle that. Baltimore, a little trickier. they got to beat Houston, and then they got to beat the winner of Kansas City-Buffalo. Uh, imagine Houston winning that game, the Chiefs beating Buffalo, and, and the, the Chiefs, Chiefs hosting host. the AFC title game. Could happen. Uh, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's only won one playoff game in his career. So to put him in the Super Bowl, he can do it. He's plenty talented. But like your Jordan Love thing, got to prove it to me first. Well, extremely interesting weekend coming up in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk about the Chiefs later in the week. Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Star will join us on Thursday, as well as Dennis Dodd, who had to uh, cancel today's appearance. But he'll be on with us on Thursday. Kevin Saul is our guest, Wichita State's athletic director, making his monthly appearance on the show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys? Oh, we're well. I'm waiting. Uh, Jeff disappeared on me, so we're waiting for him to get back here into the, into the studio. So I got to conduct this interview on my own here for a minute. Uh, so the oh, Shockers... Good. I hope uh, I didn't run in... them off. <laughs> Uh, you're you're an astute guy. You pay attention to everything that's going on. I'm sure uh, you're probably even drawn somewhat to social media. Uh, is social media a good thing when you've got a team that's scuffling a little bit and fans are free to voice opinions and you kind of get it from all directions? Uh, how what what's your feeling about that? Well, I think it's uh, we could probably talk for a, a few segments on this. I think social media. Um, can be a really, really useful tool for communications and promotions and all those sort of things. I think, um, Bob, anytime you set up a dynamic where there's uh, um, unrestricted uh, dialogue, that um, there's very little accountability to or for. Um, certainly, I think the the uh, the amount of um, not credibility or relevance, but the the amount that that lets you, that you allow that to impact you, you got to be careful with. Uh, I think it's easier to say as a 46 year old than it is as an 18 to 22 year old. 
uh, because certainly our youngsters, uh, young young people, young men and women have not lived in a world that, that doesn't have social media. So it's easy for me to say, hey, I don't dive into comments uh, on social media, just look at general posts and those sort of things. But um, that's a lot of the ways our young people communicate uh, nowadays, whether it's all the different aspects of social media. So, again, I think it's a mixed answer for you and probably a little bit more complex. Um, at the end of the day, uh, there's a whole lot more uh, relevant um, and more constructive ways to focus your time in in terms of getting better as a student, a person, or a player than spending time on social media. So, you know, you hear uh, a lot of times when a, when a coach is in his first year and, and maybe the momentum uh, positively hasn't sustained itself that, you know, be patient, wait a year or two, we'll let him get his guys in. Is that your attitude too? Is your attitude one of patience? And if so, what is patience to you? I, I, I doubt you set a time frame on it, but what does is, what is patience look, look like to you uh, after you've made a hire? Yeah, I think I appreciate that that question. I think patience is somewhat of a, a a vague term because unless you're in it day to day and you see the uh, progress and details and timelines and all those things, um, just to just to, for for somebody to come out and say, "Hey, stay patient." I think you really got to educate people on process and what's going on in terms of you know locker room dynamics, culture, attitude, learning different styles of play. Um, really tough competitive schedules, all of those things. I think w if I can be uh, transparent, maybe even a little vulnerable uh, with you all, we spend a lot of time around all of our programs, obviously our basketball programs as well. And, and there's a certain level of confidence that comes with the things that you see day in and day out. Film sessions, video review, attention to detail, uh, style of play, how we're developing young men and women as students, persons, players, ultimately professionals, all of those things that you can see day in and day out, and a lot of them are not visible externally. One example that is visible externally is you guys may have seen that we set another semester record uh, GPA as a full athletics department, and as a part of that, we had three programs that uh, set their program record highest semester GPA in the history of their program, men's basketball, baseball, and softball. And so if you think about that from a baseball perspective, holy smokes, we have 30 new guys on this roster. And so for Gretchen Torline and her staff, her unbelievable team, and Brian Green and his staff, and more importantly, our student athletes, to embrace how we do academics here at Wichita State and perform the best that it's ever been done here before, that's a really positive sign. That's one example of an outward-facing sign of success. But there are literally dozens of internal signs that we are headed in the right direction that um, you know, I think the general public might have a tendency to roll their eyes about, but at the end of the day, they can't see it. We got to do a good job of communicating what's going on inside the program, ultimately understanding that our fans and supporters are going to be looking at wins and losses. And there is infrastructure that needs to be put in place. And there certainly is a period of time, but I think at, at times folks will use the word patience and might connect words, um, like a lack of urgency with patients. And that's certainly not the case at all. You can be patient, but be very urgent uh, towards day-to-day uh, -to -day incremental, responsible, methodical improvements. And that's what I feel like our programs are. Talking then with Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul. So you hired Paul Mills, the Shockers men's basketball coach. 
tell us why and tell fans why uh, you believe he's the right guy to get this thing turned around because uh, it has been a little bit of a rocky stretch of late. <clears throat> As I talked about uh, with my first question, uh, fans take notice. Shocker fans want winners. Uh, why do you believe Paul Mills? And, and just take us behind the scenes a little bit into his personality and his drive and his focus. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't think 16 games into this thing, and I don't think any of the reasons that we communicated in, in March why we hired Paul Mills have changed. Um, and so certainly I'm happy to walk through all those pieces as well. This is an individual that – Well, I'd, 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 you know, in hindsight, Kevin, I'd rather you talk just about his personality and, and what you believe in about him. Yep. Well, first and foremost, I believe in his character and his integrity, uh, the, the way he uh, navigates his walk as a professional, uh, personally, all of those things. Um, he's about the right things in terms of development and relationships with the young men in our program, um, all of those pieces. Um, if you look at it strictly from a basketball perspective, uh, this is an individual that, that was hired on as an assistant coach um, at Baylor in the mid to late 2000s. Um, you guys remember the situation at Baylor. Um, uh, it was a really dysfunctional situation, and, and Scott Drew gets hired and brings in a staff. They won one game their first season at Baylor, and that program has tr transitioned into multiple Final Four national championship-type program. And that takes some time. I think, in fact, it took 14 years, 15 years to go from winning one game in a season uh, to a national championship. And so the fact that Paul has been through those trials um, obviously is very encouraging. He also not only did it once in one of the toughest leagues in the country, he did it twice uh, at Oral Roberts. And, and I've watched the Oral Roberts program for the better part of 15, 16 years now having been a part of what used to be the old um, Mid-Continent Conference and then Summit League, um, they dominated that with Scott Sutton. Oral Roberts was a really good program uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, and, and it really fell on hard times, and it, was, uh, it, it slid fast. Um, and so for Paul and his staff to come in in a handful of years, get that program into two NCAA tournaments, um, and uh, uh, beating Florida and Ohio State to get to the Sweet 16, and then having a two-point loss to Arkansas to get to the Elite Eight, that's saying something at Oral Roberts. And I think you heard Coach Self mention that uh, after our game against Kansas. Um, there, there is great confidence in Paul Mills, not only from his director of athletics, but from people all over basketball. Um, he's about the right things. He does it the right way. His process is phenomenal. Um, you know, he, he's a teacher, um, and it does take time to be good. Um, he has a healthy confidence uh, in terms of, of where we're headed and what this program will be about. Um, and he works every day uh, to make us better. So um, really, really pleased with, um, obviously, the infrastructure pieces. Nobody's going to look at 8-8, eight, eight and eight, including Paul Mills and Kevin Saul, and say we're pleased with that, or our players or anybody associated with the program. Also understand you start eight and three. Um, you've got five consecutive losses, Kansas State, Kansas, North Texas, um, uh, Temple, and, and Memphis. Memphis uh, recently ranked 13th in the country. North Texas is going to finish the top three in our league. Kansas is second team in the country, and Kansas State's 
Um, success has been well documented last year and is likely headed towards an NCAA tournament this year. So um, it's not like we're playing, um, you know, the 300 pluses in the net either uh, on our schedule. We won't shy away from a tough schedule. So again, I, I, all of those factors guys is, is it's stormy right now. The waters are choppy and the most important thing that we can do is stay steady, uh, stay committed to our process in terms of what we know works uh, Paul has been a part of two programs and building two uh, dominant programs. I've had experience supporting coaches that have built programs, and so we'll continue to stick to what we know works best. And just appreciate uh, what patience folks can provide uh, as we navigate that process. Kevin, where does Wichita State stand right now from an NIL standpoint? Uh, you know, we know armchair strategies with Timberly and, and Tyler Weber. Is that duo still active what is what are they particularly doing do you communicate with them and is there another group potentially what is the nil situation and how much of a priority is it uh, at this moment jeff as you know when when i arrived in july of 22 there was zero dollars uh, attributable to nil uh, there was a very strong resistance to uh, adaptation to nil and so I think I've shared with you guys, we spent the better part of six months not only putting the infrastructure together in terms of our agreement with Open Doors uh, that opens up the a window to our student athletes by the business community. It certainly has paid dividends over the last uh, 16 months, but also educating our fan base. And I think that's where we fell the furthest behind in being resistant to NIL, NIL at Wichita State was we could have jumped on a year earlier the education of our fan base. And so we didn't, we didn't get to the first NIL gift until January 6th of 2023. And I started July 5th of 22. Um, and since then, we have built uh, – Armchair will be the experts, but I think they're distributing somewhere around three hundred twenty-five to $350,000 a year strictly for men's basketball. So that's certainly good growth. Um, and that certainly has been very helpful. Um, look, we're not supposed to say it, but at the end of the day, we all understand that there are recruiting and retention impacts to NIL. The NCAA just had their national convention. Um, there, there will be future legislation likely in April, uh, potentially in August. I think you will see NIL become even closer and closer to athletic departments. It will fall underneath the athletic department's umbrella and our multimedia rights, our shocker sports properties, our fundraising and development teams are going to become integrated with NIL. We need to do a good job with that. As we all know, um, we can have the nicest facilities in the country. Um, we can have some of the best coaches in the country. At the end of the day, we also need to be able to recruit to retain and to develop talent. Um, and so that piece is really important. So short, in short, Jeff, I would say we've made some good progress. Um, you know, Kansas State's dealing with about $1.2 million in NIL. Um, and so certainly we're, we're likely not going to be at that power five level from an NIL perspective, but I do firmly believe we can do more with less um, at Wichita State. I think we have coaches in place that value relationships with players. Let me give you an example. Paul Mills um, um, walked through two recruiting cycles with Max Abnus, who's now the starting point guard at, at Texas, 
um, at Oral Roberts on very little NIL. So relationships matter. Development matters. Having the right coaches in place that, that the players have confidence that they're developing and becoming better, um, that piece matters. So, again, it's not all about an arms race on NIL, but we do need to have enough there to be competitive um, to recruit, retain, and develop. Final moments here with Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. I don't know. Did you see the video of Gino Ariyama um, talking about all this? Did you happen to see that? I saw a snippet of it, Bob, but I, I would need a little bit of a refresher because I didn't catch the full context of the video. Well, he's just saying that he doesn't know that uh, these changes in college athletics are sustainable, especially for older veteran coaches who don't have – maybe the success he has, or I, I, I watched it once and, and I, I want to go back and watch it again, but let's say Gino Ariyama came into your office and you were talking about this, uh, the new age of college athletics. What would you tell him to convince him that this can be a good thing down the road? Well, at the end of the day, the, the, to me, the, the, the most valuable um, components of intercollegiate athletics hasn't changed, uh, i.e., uh, we're 50% first-generation college students at Wichita State. Okay, We're providing an opportunity for young people that have never done what they're doing. There's, nobody in their family has done what they're doing. They're doing it for the first time. Um, so they don't have that necessarily that support network, and they come to Wichita State and they get ingrained and integrated into an academic system and an athletic system, and they get to compete, develop student person, player professionally, and we're, we're getting young people to the, to the spot where they're earning their degrees. And when you take a first-generation college student that earns a degree and then might go get an advanced degree, well, you're ushering generational and transformational change in families. And that still has to be a part of the deal. There is value in a college education. And uh, despite what, what you might hear uh, in the national narrative, it, 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 from a hiring perspective, uh, from an experience perspective, there's value in it. Uh, there are multiple uh, research studies out there that show that in combination of uh, compensation, health benefits, incentives, raises, that a college education provides a, a little over a million dollars more earning potential to a young person over a 40-year career than not. And there are certainly cases where that's not the case, but in general, that is the case. And so um, that value hasn't gone anywhere. Um, the ability to work with young people and connect with young people hasn't gone anywhere. So we need to fight like heck to keep the educational piece connected to what we're doing. Um, because I think that will change. If it doesn't, that changes the perspective of a lot of folks. Now, the, the, the financial piece is a little bit more complex, and you'll have to break me off if we, if we run up against a break here, because there are exorbitant amounts of money that are generated off of intercollegiate athletics. What seems to be lost in the national narrative is that there really are only one or two true revenue-producing sports on every college campus, and that sport supports. You may have seen recently an interview with uh, retired Alabama football coach Nick Saban where football supports 18 to 20 other sports, 450 to 500 student-athletes at that institution who, by the way, are still benefiting from everything that we just walked through, the 50% first generation um, uh, receiving a college degree and all those pieces. 
Um, and so there's an exorbitant amount of money that's involved in one or two of our sports. We've got to make really smart decisions in terms of what that looks like so that we don't disconnect that educational piece. So I would tell Gino, I would tell our fans, I would tell, I should say, Coach Oriema, any of our coaches that look, the, the intrinsic values in, in being involved in intercollegiate athletics, the intrinsic values and benefits that are associated with participation and persistence in, in intercollegiate athletics from a student athlete standpoint are tremendous. I experienced it, so I understand the confidence and the time management and the self-reliance and all those pieces that come with uh, being a student athlete. Um, and so those are the things that I think we need to sell. I think our fans struggle with the mobility of the transfer portal and the financial pieces, and I certainly understand the why, because what once was a great beauty of athletics was watching a young person coming into your program and then them develop over three to five years uh, to become something really, really special. And so um, those stories will be fewer than they have been in the past. But at the end of the day, it's the same 18 to 22-year-old young person that's trying to develop and get better as a student, a person, player, and professional. And if you focus on those things and take care of all the other stuff that allows us to pour into young people and develop them, um, that's really where our focus needs to be. Kevin, great answer. Thank you. We appreciate your appearance, uh, as always, and we'll talk with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having us on the show, guys. Appreciate your support and coverage, and go Shockers. All right, Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. Gino Ariema's point was, you know, coaching, we all got into this profession to develop young people. And when you have young people leaving and with the, the regularity we now see it, uh, he's, his point is that it becomes harder and much less rewarding to develop those relationships that led him into coaching. So you, uh, it'd be interesting to have a debate about it, right? Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, we'll take a break. We've got one more hour to go. Jeff's got a game, and we'll talk with Cape and Mount Carmel boys coach Steve Eck. That's all ahead on a Tuesday. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.